the North Pole Epic. Throughout the North Pole, goblins went about business. They bought things they needed as well as most of what they wished. They filled their round stomachs with wonderful hot soup. They went to shops and bakeries to buy cookies and expensive shoes. Goblins owned businesses, factories, and stores, trading commodities so they could get more. Their lives were rich, full of everything they could get. Goblin children played in the fluffy snow parks. They went to good schools and made snow art. Goblins took in the crisp air through their long noses without so much as a care in their world of ice roses. Life was good for the goblins of the pole. Not without little bumps in the road, but those could be overcome with grit and determination, which is what they called a loan from their parents and patience. Goblins were free as could be to do their own thing because they made money on money with all the resources they need. And more stocked away for a snowy day. Which is what they would say to justify their excessive ways. Goblins loved to look busy piddling around for all to see. This is not to say they did nothing all day. Many would paint, sculpt, and write. Some tried their hands at this and that all the time. But mostly goblins tended to their social lives, making sure their status was perceived as upright. They ran around all over the place, frequently visiting the polar banks to withdraw or exchange, deposit, and stow away. One of the most popular pastimes was investment games, trading ownerships, trying to make exponential gains. Rarely would goblins go down in the holes where elves live. That was for the trolls. Some goblins would visit the work sites they owned, attempting to boost production if revenue seemed slow. Others left that to the trolls. If trolls couldn't fix it, the business was sold or traded to a goblin more creative and bold. If that didn't work, the business would be closed to cut losses without a second thought. There were portfolios to build and power to be bought. Elves would lose jobs, like it or not. They should have worked harder to turn a profit for the top. They would find new ones if they were hard workers. If they weren't, they would get what they deserved. Poverty was incentive to work hard and do well. Elves who worked hard could build wealth. That's what the goblins told themselves. And that's easy to say when your wealth builds more wealth. Most goblins started at a level well beyond the most comfortable elves who had to learn early on to fend for themselves. Rather, they learned to fend for each other, unlike the goblins constantly stepping over one another. That was the primary difference. Elves share and give gifts. Everything they have was to help and share in well-being, while the goblins gathered, hoarded, and planned around money. Goblins withhold and take for freedom and security's sake. So, as goblins went about their business with smiles on their faces, they mistrusted, misused, and fostered fickle, insecure relationships. Therefore, when Nicholas and Tompton went to visit more as the goblin, what they expected was to be quickly rejected. Maybe they'd have to use manipulation to coerce cooperation still. They had leverage, a loving relationship to hedge, like a high-stakes bet without a game or set. It was high risk, not play. They had to succeed in this foray. They were welcomed in the back of Mora's manor by a young goblin woman. It was cold, as always, and dark outside as she quickly and quietly ushered them in. She brought them hot drinks as her grandfather caused a stink, hot-faced at having this rabble in his house. 
two elves and a herdsperson, no doubt. I do not want them here. I told you that many times, my dear. Moraz spat in anger, but his granddaughter did not waver. Then he saw Nick, and his heart was split. He felt betrayed, affronted, dismayed. He felt taken advantage of, swindled with his compassionate love. Moraz was important and rich, but deeply sympathetic to Nick, a good friend of his granddaughter's Nyarunka. Moraz had keys of which the elves were in need to stage a capital sit-in. When Moraz declined, Sneeronka did chide. Have some guts and compassion, you old fart. Moraz refused, but it was soft and subdued. Sneeronka gently took the keys from his hand. You can say we stole them, advised the wise old Tompton. Then Nick grabbed the keys and ran. Tompton looked back. Sneeronka donned a red hat, and Moraz from his chair rose up. Sneeronka gently held him back. He had to stay just where he was at, dumbstruck, silent, unable to alert any other trolls or other goblin bankers. Level snow or hydras blow. Sneeronka spoke in Moraz's ear. Let it snow. Moraz mouthed, eyes closed in conflicted fear. 